one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice Welcome to the One Mic, One Voice show, Building the Collective Conscience, a show that is created to give space where your voice, ideas, and informed opinions can be heard, appreciated, and debated. I am Michael Eric Owens. And I'm your main man, DT. My main man. You look smooth place today. To be. I got a little hat on. Man, I'm trying to be to- like you. <laughs> It might be some, my, my, the sun might beam down. I don't know. Oh man, you got the cool <laughs> brim on today, no, man. Uh, it is beautiful to be back in the studio. And man. we got our we got our our main man back, man. Uh, man, I like John. He's pre- present again. Yeah, I like John. I do, Mr. Stone. Yeah, I like Mr. Stone. Yeah, he did well. But uh, there is no replacement for Richard, the architect. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. I mean, he, uh, man, you can't Did go you bring, away no more, us man. Back anything, though. See, that's what I'm saying. When DT come back, even from foreign land, he brings some goodies, man. You was up something. in Vegas, man. Uh, could you, like, bring us back something? You know, I don't know, toothpick or something from Vegas. Silent treatment, huh? <laughs> something. Bring anything? Oh, uh, but it's, 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 uh, it's, it's great. We have a, man, we have a phenomenal show. I mean, um, we have a special special guest. guest. Lauren Phillips will be here. It's all, it's been all over social media, so I'm just looking forward to a fantastic conversation with her. <laughs> oh, calling from Philly, from Philly, <laughs> man. We need Jeez, to get out. We need, yeah, we need to get out to um, Philly. But folks, uh, just to announce in September. Uh, the One Mic, One Voice show will be going Traveling on the road. On the road. On the road. You know, we, we're coming to a city. I don't know. It might be near you. <laughs> I don't know if you live <laughs> in Chicago. You live in Chicago or Milwaukee. We going to the Midwest. We going north. Hmm. But we going before it get too cold, though. Oh, that's why right, we fix it. Right. <laughs> that's mean, why we fix it. I know you out there. You used to them temperatures, though, man. Nah, man. You you, you can never get I mean, used I, to I the mean, cold. What is, what is it like for you going back home now that you've lived in Oklahoma for so long, dealing it, with the cold up there? If it when I go back, let me just tell you something. The cold break me down. Ouch. I'm 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 in the stores looking for some uh, reinforcements, some sweaters, <laughs> some socks, some long johns. You know, I'm trying to survive. But but we we have a great show, and and you know, I I again, we we have vowed not to say his name, folks. Speaking of road, huh? And forty-five and um, forty-five and down the road, and um. This, uh, our show today, stand up, resist, mm. right? Mm. Stand up. It's time to, and, and it's happening all over our country. So it's, it's, you know, maybe I'm on the late show, but we need to keep standing up and resisting, uh, what is transpiring. But you know, he had this, uh, this press conference the other day. Uh, then he, more, they said more the pre- <laughs> alternative facts, <huh? laughs> right? And the press conference was out of control. You know, uh, pundits and reporters were saying that they had never witnessed anything like this. <laughs> this, <laughs> this has all been really strange, Mike. I got to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, I've got to be absolutely. And that, hey, and that's prior to too much of the special uh, mix, <laughs> right? So we wanna, we wanna. He had this uh, rally. Now, he's in office. Why you got to have a, you know, it's like you campaigning, right? Mm -hmm. 
well, we want to play this um, this video. Then we're going to talk about. I want you to listen to what he he brings up about Sweden. You look at what's happening in Germany. You look at what's happening last night in Sweden. Sweden. Who would believe this? Sweden. They took in large numbers. They're having problems like they never thought possible. You look at what's happening in Brussels. You look at what's happening all over the world. Take a look at Nice. Take a look at Paris. We've allowed thousands and thousands of people into our country, and there was no way to vet those people. There was no documentation. There was no nothing. So we're going to keep our country safe. You know, there, there's there's really um, there's this, there's probably a lot of issues with what he just said. Mm-hmm. But I just want to point out one crucial issue. He said what happened in Sweden last night. <laughs> Nothing happened in Sweden last night. What about the night before? <laughs> Not the night before. What about the night before that. <laughs> I mean, if you um, if you look at uh, you know, the blowback from from Swedish citizens and, oh and the God. government and on Twitter and everything, man, they so offended. They They're like, so so what what happened? In Sweden, nothing happened in Sweden. Look, now, this this is what bothers me about forty five. Now, obviously, the people at that rally don't. Um, you know, I'm not going to generalize this to all of them, but I will say that there is a. I would like to say there's there's probably a percentage of them that don't don't watch mainstream media. They're 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 only going about looking at the the uh, conservative right wing websites, Breitbart and all the others. Um, and so they don't, they don't get facts. Mm-hmm. And so people are going to be running around saying, man, the terrorist attack in Sweden when there was none. <laughs> this is the DT. Get this. We're in society. I don't care in any type of position you are in. Can you be successful in an outright lie? Tell me. Politics. I don't, you know what? <laughs> and, and you know what? I mean, that might be an argument, you know, but I don't, I don't believe you can be successful in the modern era when we have social media, Twitter, we have, uh, Facebook, you got Instagram. I ain't got into that Snapchat. Snapchat. I ain't got into that yet, man. That that only stay up for a little bit, I guess. Yeah, just for like uh, 24 hours. And they say it's crazy, too. And you can do some silly stuff on Snapchat, <laughs> right. to be honest. <laughs> but you have these platforms, these platforms out here. People are going to... Fact check. Exactly. And produce, guess what, folks? The truth. And th- this man gets up in front of the world. Now, now, okay. Now, look, wait, wait, wait. Before you go in on it, Mike, because I know you're going in. <laughs> I know you're going in. But listen, like, this ain't the first time that 45 has had issues with putting out, you know, non-factual information, right? And so, to me, like, this is the first time for myself that I've seen a president be so fictional. <laughs> yeah. Like, where people are, are coming back and saying, like, what? Where did you get that information from? What are you talking about? Exactly. And it's really hard to, you know, have faith in a person like that, especially the, the leader of the free world, um, knowing that at any moment, 
you know, he has a rebuttal like, oh, well, you know, that I, I was given that information. I was given those facts. Okay, well, dude, look, you need to read it a little bit more, right? You need to get in the, in the, in the books. You need to get a magazine. You need to do something where you can put real information in your mind and then be able to put it out to the people. Because when you're talking, people are listening. Exactly. You no, know, it's not like he's just some, some Joe Blow now, you know, spewing this information out of nobody's paying attention. Like you said, people are fact checking. We have several different outlets where people can check information. Google, Wikipedia, whatever. Yeah. But um, you know, we gotta get we gotta get serious about the way that, you know, we as media are putting out information as well because people are listening and people are paying attention and want to know what's really up and we can't get a truth out of it if, you know, everybody's spreading alternative facts. The the former <laughs> prime minister of uh Sweden said, uh Sweden? Sweden? Quest he and then he said Terror attack? <laughs> Question mark. What has he been smoking? <laughs> now I'm gonna be I'm gonna be another honesty with you, okay? When I was watching that clip of him talking about this, it looked like he was on something. I mean, the guy looked he, bewildered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was sweating. They said it was hot out there, so maybe that was you know. Cocaine is a hell of a drug, Mike. It I mean, this article sweat. says that nothing particular nefarious happened in Sweden on Friday. On Saturday, for that matter, and Swedes were left baffled, mm. baffled. What's I, going you know, on? folks, and you know, you know, I say, well, this is a silly discussion. No, it's not. It's not because when we we have a leader that that we're looking to, okay, maybe I'm not looking to to him, but maybe some of you are looking to him. The people who voted for him, for sure, are. looking to him for for truth, for guidance. And in, in some of the most difficult times in decision making that needs to take place on the international stage, not just talk about the domestic problems that we have, when you cannot trust whether or not this person is going to tell you the truth, we are in serious, serious problems. And furthermore, I will say this, if you are a world leader, and you're listening to the president of the United States just spew all of his 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 false poison all over throughout the world. You have zero confidence in the United States. And one thing I think people will say about the United States is that we, you know, pretty much we've stuck to our word, right? I mean, even when we wreak havoc on people, we kind of said, Bush said, you know, shock and awe, and he, and he did it, right? Um, but when your word is not your bond and what you speak is of no value, man, we are in trouble. Because I've always believed that if your leadership, if the head is bad, DT, the whole body is in trouble. Uh, one of the biggest things that I guess I have an issue with right now is uh, the contradiction between 45's relationship with the media and his admiration for the media. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, hearing him come out and say, 
Oh, well, that's fake news. CNN, Fox, all you guys, you're not putting out, you know, important or, you know, factual information. But at the same time, before he come out and present or per, before he come out and speak, he said, you know what? I'd like to thank every media for being here. <laughs> right. I'd like to thank everybody for, you know, being a part of this. Like, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's, pick it's, what side you're going to be on because yeah. obviously there are people in his camp who are giving him information that's not true. And he's also looking to the media, the mainstream media. As as putting out information that's not true, so there's got to be some some balance there. You got to figure out yeah. what side you want to be on. Yeah, yeah. It's uh forty fiving down the road. The road is not getting any better. What are we riding in? I think we are ride, we riding in luxury. No, nah, we no, no. Yeah, we riding in luxury, but okay. it's got to be your type of luxury, the kind okay. that we can go off road on. Okay, <laughs> because I'm yes, yeah, bumpy. It gets rough. Huh? <laughs> it's get rough. <laughs> the we, terrain is wicked. <laughs> exactly, folks. Listen. At the, uh, you know, in, in a few minutes here, we're going to have Lauren Phillips coming up. Uh, super we, excited. Uh, super excited. We, we, we have a little something we're going to get into, something that just happened here in Oklahoma City. And then Lauren's going to be joining us. But folks, hang in. We got a great, great show. We will be right back. Join us for the fourth annual Night with Ralph Ellison Gala at the Oklahoma History Center on February 25th, 2017 at 6 p.m. A night filled with dance, music, poetry, and readings from Ellison's works. For more information, visit ralphellisonfoundation.org or call 405-788-0566. A Night with Ralph Ellison is being sponsored by Oklahoma City Thunder, Oklahoma City University, Perry Publishing and Broadcasting, Audible, and as much foundation, Fred Jones, Alliance for Economic Development, AT&T, Cox Communication, Center for Economic Development Law, Full Circle Bookstores, Greater Oklahoma City Chamber, Bank First, Tinker Federal Credit Union, and Blacken Studios. What's up, guys? I am Leah Marie, owner of The Selfie Gods. Make sure you head over to our website, www.theselfiegods.com, and order your very own selfie moon. Uh, if you need that good lighting whenever you out in the club or you out hanging out with your friends and you need some more light for your selfies, uh, that's definitely what you want to get, The Selfie Moon. Welcome back to the One Mic, One Voice show. I'm sorry. I was bragging on you in between the break, man. <laughs> but I'll get back to that. Later. Yeah, we, we we might take that to the after party. Yes, sir. Let's do it. <laughs> and, you know, just mentioning, uh, you know, we, we put out uh, yesterday on our Facebook podcast page and about becoming a Patreon member. Mm-hmm. And uh, having asked, what are they going to get with the Patreon membership, Mike? Well, it's quite a bit. I mean, you're going to get premier content, uh, behind the scenes. Of course, there's gifts and awards that you can receive as well. Uh, you can even be part of our cigar club. Oh man, you know that definitely uh, <laughs> want to do that. I mean, you want to do that. And we're offering uh, Soul the School of uh, Unselfish Selfish. Leadership, and that's going to be, folks. I'm telling you, uh, we're going to be talking about some some leadership qualities, some training. I don't care if you're in leadership. I don't care if you're just starting out or if you want to be a leader. This school, <laughs> you want to attend this school because uh, this training 
uh, I'm telling you, when you when you when you're done with it, you're going to be not only, I think, um, fit for leadership, but you're also going to be able to cipher between good and bad leadership. Not just that, but being able to navigate around bad leadership, but flourish with good leadership. So we're excited about that. Folks, go to uh, patreon.com slash one mic, one voice and join up. We, we've already had members joining. Uh, we're excited about it. And, the content um, is growing. Oh, oh man. It's, it's the behind the scenes stuff is like crazy. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to put it to you like that. But, you know, there, there was uh, something that just happened this past week with a young lady in Jones, Oklahoma, a uh, young black 16-year-old girl, um, Kiera Loving. And um, she's uh, a basketball star. I mean, she's, uh, she loves basketball. She lives basketball. I, I, I know, been there, done that. And Jones, I might say, is not the most diverse city. <laughs> and if you're from Jones and you're listening uh, you can get mad at me. Plenty of people do. But I want to talk about this for a moment. Um, this particular young lady, um, everyone that, that's been interviewed, she, she, she's not a troublemaker. Um, she posted a picture of her mentor, which happened to be uh, the coach of the school that they were playing at the end of the week. And she was approached by her coach um, to remove the picture from her Twitter account, right? Mm -hmm. Which went up Tuesday, wasn't discovered till Friday. But folks, I want you to listen to this report reporting from News 9 um, out of uh, Oklahoma City. The Metro basketball player says she's been removed from her team because of a post on social media. The Jones High School junior says it's shocking, especially when you consider what she posted. Our News 9 Steve Shaw is live on the story in Purcell, where her team played tonight without her. Steve? Kelly and Amanda, this is a real head-scratcher. 16-year-old Kiever Lovings was one of the best players on the Lady Longhorn basketball team from Jones. She and her parents say this is about something she posted on Twitter a week ago. Kiara Lovings hoped to go to college on a basketball scholarship one day. That's probably the only way she was going to go. Last Friday, after running in to tonight's opposing coach, Purcell head coach Heather Graham, at a game, Kiara posted this photo of her and Graham on Twitter. Kiara says she's known Coach Graham for years and considers her a role model. We never had a black, like, black friend, or, and she's a coach, too, so I look up to her. Kiara says her coach, Jenny Holbrook, ordered her to take the Twitter photo down two days ago. When Kiara refused, she says her teammates told her she'd been kicked off the team. All this drama's going on about a picture that doesn't shouldn't be, really be a big deal. Jones Superintendent of Public Schools, Dr. Carl Johnson, would not go on camera to talk about this Friday afternoon. He did tell me this on the phone. By the request of the parent, she is no longer on the Jones basketball team. Kiara's dad, Melvin, says this is a ruse. We would never take her off of a team. She was put off behind a picture. And if the superintendent has no integrity to stand up for the truth, then that's on him. 
But as for me, I'm going to tell the truth. He knows I'm telling the truth. People in this school, in this area, know I'm telling the truth. I talked to several, several people around Jones today. Some of them are her classmates. Some of them are parents of classmates. Um, all of them say she is not a discipline problem. Most of them say they have a problem with this school district. Live on the scene on the story in Purcell, Steve Shaw, News 9. Okay, Steve. We'll yeah, uh, there you have it. There it is. Okay, listen, Mike. Jones, Oklahoma. Okay, population 2,692. Okay. Percentage of African Americans, 4% or 130 people. Wow. This young lady said that she never even had a black friend. Mm. And I was looking to this coach as a role model, somebody who lives close by in Purcell, you know, not too far away from Jones. But, you know, obviously there was a connection there that this, this, this young lady was seeing, um, herself kind of, um, mapping an identity, so mm-hmm. to speak, mm-hmm. or inspiration from somebody who looked like her, um, and was doing something she wanted to do. What's the, what's the harm in that? She's the only black on the basketball team. I'm not surprised. And, and what's so sad is Oklahoma leads the nation in incarcerating black women. Mm. The United States. And here you have a young, promising athlete, not a disciplinary problem, that identifies with someone that looks like her. You, you should be thrilled. Mm-hmm. Thrilled. You should be excited when you looked at the, at the statistical data that is against her. Mm-hmm. And how dare you? Man, when I saw this, I wrote the, I wrote the superintendent harshly. It's a, it's a shame. It's a shame, you know. I mean, I, I just, you know, this, this thing bothered me so much, man. I, I sat back yesterday and I just couldn't understand what is the harm. Okay, now, and then when you see the comments, you, they didn't pull her from the from the basketball team. You heard from the father, mm-hmm. right? Superintendent won't get in front of the. They must lawyer lawyered up, right? Okay, they won't get in front of the camera, right? This coach, obviously, I don't care what you say. This is a, this is about race. Mm-hmm. You have a young black player that identifies with a black coach. You're a white lady. What, what were you, were you jealous? You insecure? I mean, you should be thankful that your player has role models mm. and more than likely seeking them out. Absolutely. And more than likely, you should be a role model for her. Mm. You should cherish that relationship and say, Oh, that's, that's great. Mm. Matter of fact, man, if I was playing, my players have character. If I was playing against my role models team, I'm gonna try to eat them up even yeah, right. more. And that's what I'm like, man. <laughs> does that take any 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 of the competitiveness competitiveness away from her uh, performance? Just because she, you know, is is friends with this coach? They said that she known her for years, so it wasn't just like she ran up on her and met her for the first time. Absolutely, like, oh, man. Nice to meet you. In the comments, they're calling her a quitter, the, using a race car. Um, she, she's not as good as she thought she was. And I'm just thinking, so, so <laughs> over a photo on Twitter. I mean, how? That's man. fake news, Mike. <laughs> Can't believe it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you like this. Uh, 
I'm disgusted. Man, it's sad. And and on our uh, on on I know on my page, okay, Michael Eric Owens page, I have posted uh, contact information for the superintendent. I'm gonna encourage everyone that is listening to me to email this superintendent. Show your outrage behind it. We need to make sure that people are not are not um, thinking that this is acceptable, because if this is acceptable, then um, we're in worse shape than what I could ever, ever. Forty five wants to unify the country. This is not unification. Is he is he getting there? This is not unification. It's happening. It's not even close. It's not even close, brother. Is this one of the examples we should use? <laughs> <laughs> it's a sad example. It's a sad example. And and we should all be disturbed over this. About this young girl posted a picture of her mentor, kicked off the team for it. Okay. Um and, lied on. And I I uh and yeah, and lied on and demonized. And I just hope her family um, can hold it together. Think about being 16 and being so passionate about something. Them your best years, man. You and, might go in a million places, and you can get to them all if you if you really if you really want to. And and the thing about it is, your world is so small, and it does impact you. It does impact you, and I I can I can only imagine. This is playoff time. How much she wants to play, and how. How being denied and demonized can cause a person to lose focus. But the parents said that they didn't say that she should be off the team, right? She should, no. She should be back on the team, right? She no should problem. be back on the no team. Worry. No problem. She should be in a playoff game. Matter of fact, the coach, the coach should be disciplined for that action. But but Jones, this is Jones though. Wait, they put it off as a player decision. They said yeah, the players decided absolutely that she won't be back no, on the team. No, no. This this is what I'm learning about Jones, and that's not that's not cool. Uh, Jones, Oklahoma, show me something different. Show me some diversity. Show me some inclusion. Show me some understanding. Show me some racial sensitivity, or not. Because I'm here to tell you, uh, I don't believe people are going to take this lying down. Folks, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, oh, man. Man. Oh, the conversation man. is really about to get more. It gets deep. More. It gets more deeper. <laughs> it gets critical. <laughs> Folks, hang in there. We will be right back. Hi, this is Tiffany Hill, host of Authentic Conversations, a weekly motivational podcast where we discuss matters such as self-worth, relationships, parenting, professional development, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. You can find me on Facebook at Authentic Conversations by Tiffany Hill, on social media at TH underscore Authentic, and you can also subscribe to Authentic Conversations on iTunes and Podbeans, and the show is also available on blackinstudios.com. I look forward to connecting with you and remember to live authentically is the ultimate form of happiness.
This is Josh K. And I am Leah Marie. And when we listen to podcasts, we always listen to One Mic, One Voice. You can change the world, it's your choice. Your choice. Hello? Hello? Hi, Michael? Yes, yes. You're hey Lauren, how how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? We we are doing great and uh we're excited to have you on the show. So Yeah, I'm honored to uh, I'm honored to, to be a guest on the show. I'm really thankful that you guys asked me to come on. Well absolutely. So can can you hear us pretty clearly? We we're, we're we're good. Yeah, I can hear you well. I can hear you well. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, welcome to the One Mic, One Voice show. We we have been we have been posting it all over social media. You come to the show with a wonderful um, resume of uh, social activism. Uh, you oh, thank are, you. Of course, uh, you know, working through uh, your collegiate. Uh, education and um, mm-hmm. and so we and and again I I think I mentioned to you uh, even during the week during our conversations that that anyone that Jamie Pettis recommends to us we are uh, <laughs> just extremely excited that's to have right, there. <laughs> right that's definitely credibility um, yes but, it is yes it is she's the best so talk a little bit about um, you know what 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 you know because I'm always curious. Uh, about uh, it seems so natural, you know, for yourself. Uh, speaking just from a personal standpoint, getting involved with mm-hmm. uh, these social issues, but 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 what what really galvanized you? What really caused you to want to get involved with social activism? So, I mean, I grew up in Philadelphia, which um, I consider a huge blessing. Um, it's a very diverse city, um, both um, in regards to to ethnicity. Um, religion, uh, socioeconomic status. Um, and so growing up automatically, you know, whether that was going to school, going to the food store, um, you know, walking down to the corner store, um, basketball teams, whatever it was, um, I was mixed, uh, mixed in with a huge group of people. Um, and while I experienced, um, the blessing of being, you know, of being raised in a very diverse area, I'm also had a mother who was very socially conscious. Um, and she made every effort, um, to point out the fact, um, that I was privileged, um, not financially, um, but that I I had a privilege, um, given to me by birth simply because of, um, of my race that I was white. And, um, she made a very strong point to, to, to show me that I was afforded a certain, treatment um that not everyone was that some of my cousins uh who are not white you know don't get and she explained you know from a very early age that not only was that not okay but along with privilege comes a responsibility to say something um so before i even knew what the term social activism was there's an expectation in my household um to say something when something wasn't right to do whatever you could to right or wrong uh, wherever you found it. Um, so when I got older, um, and you know, different, different things happened in my life. Um, you know, and I saw different political climates changing around me just by how I was raised. My first instinct was, you know, 
um, let me right a wrong, however I can. Then my social activism, I think, was, was spurred on really by uh, the volunteer work I had done in the city of Philadelphia. I worked for uh, an organization called the Philadelphia Project, and basically um, they're there to serve the needs of the people of Philadelphia free of charge, however they can do it. We built a ramp for uh, a grandmother who was raising her granddaughter who was in a wheelchair, and she couldn't leave the home. Um, we did some construction work for a couple who just couldn't afford to do it. Um, they couldn't do it themselves. And I walked around to those different projects that we did. And I remember thinking like, how come me and my neighbors can't afford this, but others can, you know, how come for some people, this isn't a problem, but for others it is. And, um, when you see the different situations that certain people are faced with while others aren't, um, I think a lot of times that volunteer work, I mean, for, for me at least, it really opened my eyes to uh, there are problems some Americans face that others don't. Mm. Um, and a lot of times it's, it's, it's simply because of systems that are put in place that they have no control over, mm. that the average individual has no control over. And that really spurred me on to keep asking questions and get you know, politically involved. Um, to really hold, to hold the government accountable, you know, to create a system and where all have the equal chance of the pursuit of happiness. Wow. I mean, you know, the birthplace of, uh, you know, the Constitution and so forth, um, Philadelphia. Um, I think, uh, I mean, you speak to this, this experience of growing up in a diverse society and I don't know if you've had a chance to kind of listen to the show and we were talking about Jones Oklahoma and what recently happened with uh with uh Kiara Loving and this mm. idea of being the only one mm. um and 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 this experience that you've had I mean it's just it, you you it's undeniable you know the impact of just being around other people you know, that are different than you, you know, um, I just that, yeah, I mean, there's such a richness in being around Absolutely. people from different backgrounds and, and to grow you exactly and seeing the world in a different way. I mean, you know, how, how did how did that that how did that you know, you talked about it, it, you know, the experience, but but just fundamentally you as a your character as a person, how did that diversity shape you? Um, you know, I think that's a really great question. Um, you know, Jamie and I often talk about, you know, the idea of being woke, right. And like why some people are and why some people aren't. And, um, the answer I gave her, and I think it's also an answer to this question as well, is I think that character, right. When we say that someone's woke, what we're really talking about is, is their character, which is a direct, um, influence to their awareness. I think it all comes down to willingness. Um, and, and, and knowledge. So I was from, like I said about my mother and how she raised me, um, from, from a very early age, she instilled in me the knowledge, um, that some people are given a privilege based off of race, that this country, um, in this country, it is easy to wear a cross necklace and go to mass, but to wear a hijab and, 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 and go to the mosque, you are not afforded the same right. It is not celebrated, um, in the same way. And then what came after was a willingness to say something about it, you know, and, and my, I don't know if it was how I was raised and, and maybe it was the diversity, but, um, to both be in an environment where, um, 
you know, to be around several different kinds of people um, and being in a home where that was celebrated, being a home where um, even in my family, it's incredibly diverse. I didn't know to think any differently. I didn't know to look for things like uh, religion or ethnicity or, you know, whether you were an immigrant or second or third or fourth generation, I didn't know to look for those, to look to those things. They just, they were part of you. Same as, you know, a first name had nothing to do with your character. Um, and when I realized that, you know, and, and you realize it pretty quickly that people are treated differently as my mom taught me, um, there comes in the willingness to do something about it. I'll never forget. We were at the mall and uh, a man was holding the door and several women walked in and he, he, he kind of, he could have waited to hold the door for one woman and he did. There's another woman coming and he closed it and walked away. My mom ran up to the door, opened it and closed it. You know, when she walked in and came forth and she asked me, she said, do you notice what he did? And I said, no. And she said, he held the door for three white women and didn't hold it for the black woman coming after them. And she goes, never think that that is coincidence. And I, I just, you know, I kind of nodded my head. So again, it was the knowledge that was instilled, but it was the willingness then when I got older, you know, and that same situation didn't happen to me, but was I willing to not only run up and hold the door, but approach that man and say something about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think character there, how it built character, how did it build me? Um, I think it was both the knowledge that I was given growing up in that diverse community. Um, you know, the, the experiences I had, but also, um, a willingness and, and, a revelation that um, I needed to do something about it um, on an individual level, but also on an activist level um, and, and, and globally. Um, but I think that's really how that, how that shaped me that I wasn't, um, I don't know. I was never sheltered from the issues um, that kind of face this nation today, the very many of them. So, yeah, I think that's, a long answer to a short question. No. I think I think that's the best answer I could no, give. No, that 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 is a great answer. You know, your mother was a teacher, and uh, yes, she was. And and that's I mean, that that is such an uh, incredible thing to teach um, the next generation to to mm -hmm. to make them aware of the, I would say the, the, you know, the covert. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> acts of, of uh, racism, the subtlety mm -hmm. of uh, racism and how she was able to instruct you in that. And she opened up your worldview. And and I mean, I, you know, I, I just been kind of jotting down as you've been talking, because truly, uh, I mean, you're 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 hitting on all cylinders when you talk about white privilege and and i like how you said you were never sheltered i mean that mm -hmm. i mean when we look at the problem in our country today is because we have this geographical um systemic you know governmental system that mm -hmm. keeps people sheltered and they Absolutely. never experience one another you know on this level that you're talking about right um and, you know, uh, Lauren, it's it, 
you know, I was I was having a uh, a debate uh, as I I normally do. As on, he normally on, does, <laughs> nothing uh, unusual here <laughs> on I'm social media. You know, uh, on uh, matter of fact, at our community forum the other night, I told people don't follow me. <laughs> I said just don't 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 follow don't me. Do don't it. don't don't let me. Exactly. And so you know, but I I I was having this conversation with this white man that had never heard about white privilege and i'm thinking what is that it's i just don't i just don't know how we can be in a society in the 21st century and all the scholarship that's been written about white privilege speaking to your being isolated or sheltered how how can I mean let's let's speak among because because you're you're twenty I'm 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 gonna tell our audience here you know we have an international audience we're we're not talking to somebody that's forty we're talking to somebody that's twenty one uh, that's speaking <laughs> knowledge to us right now so age is nothing but a number okay let's just be honest right and uh, but speak speak to that speak to that how can do you see among your age group this um. Mm this misunderstanding of lack of knowledge surrounding white privilege? You know, I think, I think that's an amazing question. And, and, and to speak to that man's comment, he didn't know about white privilege. What a better way to self-define privilege mm. that he didn't even know it existed. <laughs> exactly. What do you, what is white privilege? What do you mean? I have white privilege. The fact he didn't know there was a privilege means he did not know that there was a lack of privilege. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing that you don't know the light is on until it's turned off. Mm. He never saw what it meant to be on the other side. So he never knew he held a privilege. Mm. And that right there is privilege. Mm. And, you know, if there's, I think, you know, what I see in my generation, it's interesting. If you look at the 2016 exit polls, which I know this is, you know, um, kind of jumping back to the election, which for some of us, it's still very much as hard to talk about. If you look at the millennials, though, um, from the 18 to 29 year olds, 55% voted for Miss Clinton, 18 to 24, 56% voted for Miss Clinton, 25 to 29, 53 voted for Miss Clinton. As the ages go up, she loses more and more votes. Now, yes, Miss Clinton, in some aspects, did run a liberal campaign. And as we know, there are some people in older in age, they, they reject some of those liberal messages. Um, especially fiscally. However, what some people weren't willing to say on air um, and on TV and in the media, which I'm more than comfortable saying, is that for some Americans, and I don't want to say all, but for some Americans, the older the generation, the more tolerable, willingly ignorant, or flat out accepting and and praising they were towards some of the bigotry and hatred and racism we heard in 45's campaign messages and agenda. It was not just words. There were plans and we have seen them acted out in the last month. Exactly. And it is pertinent to point out that as the younger you get, you know, if you look at these exit which they're not a hundred percent accurate as we know, but the younger the uh, constituent was, the younger the voter was, the more likely they were to vote for Ms. Clinton. And that's exactly what happened. And so what I think you see there is an awakening within a generation. And I think because the world is getting smaller, even the, the, the youth, the millennial that lives in a town that is primarily white, 
where they where you know in February when it's Black History Month and they learn about it in high school and then March they suddenly move on to the next topic yeah. you know and they don't they don't talk about these issues again mm-hmm. which is ridiculous mm-hmm. um, the world is becoming smaller due to social media yeah and I think what's happening is you see an awakening in a generation you see more people talking about these issues um, and I attribute a huge a huge credit to that towards you know, the Black Lives Matter movement towards towards the, the protests that we saw with the NFL players uh, during the anthem. It's everywhere. And so for some, they see it and they reject it as, as anti-American, which in my opinion is absolutely ridiculous. And I hear that from some people in my generation. Mm. Others are curious. So they hit the internet and they research it and they're learning and they're awakening. Even if they haven't seen it in their hometown, they haven't experienced it themselves. There's an awakening that's going on. Um, and I think we need to fuel that fire. I mean, again, I, I, I'm, I'm loving the conversation. Mike, man. whoa. I'm, I'm over here just like typing Lord, away. Whoa. You know, I'm like, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, this this is man. great. We, we you know, we, we, we got to, we got, we're going to take a break. We got to pay some bills right gotta quick. Cool the mic off. But, but listen, listen, <laughs> stay with us because uh, we want to come back and continue this conversation with Lauren Phillips. Uh, she is hot on the mic. Man. She hot on the mic. Oh, she and she making Jamie step her game up a little bit. And that's hard to do. <laughs> that's hard to do. But folks, hang in with us. We're gonna be right back. This is Chad Reynolds, poet, publisher. Listen to one mic, one voice, like I do. You won't regret it. Folks, we're back, and uh, again, we got Lauren Phillips on the on, on the line with us from Philadelphia, the birthplace of democracy, I might add. And um, but talk a little bit about um, you know we we of course you know uh, we we don't refer to him by his name. Forty five. He, he does not. Forty <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was thinking when Michael oh, Jordan yeah. when Michael Jordan went to the Wizards and he put on oh, yeah. forty five, he wasn't the same. 45 is just no. not a good number. You know, so. No, it's not. <laughs> so, what was the reason behind that? Man? Well, well, you know, Mike listen, left. I got a lot of love for MJ. I don't know if I want to push yeah. him into 45 category, but I hear you. There's something else. Yeah, we don't, we, don't we don't remember Mike as 45. I do. do I do remember. Don't. Yeah, I, I do. Don't. Oh, oh! So you so just going you just going When you think about him. Mike, what do you think about? You think well, about I think 20, about two, three, exactly. right? I mean, we we have to so go there. So that's like a. Subconscious yeah, memory of, of <laughs> right, Mike. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, let, me, right. let me ask you guys this. So when you think of when you think of Durant, the snitch yeah. call him, yeah. right? Yeah. He's yeah. a warrior now. Yeah, or is he still a... thunder? Or is he just a snitch? No, you know, I oh, again oh, I, she yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she oh, went tough, oh, didn't she? Oh. You know, uh the You thing know about what look, so the Lauren, the the NBA uh, all star game is gonna play today. Mm. Mm. And so we were have mm. a real Understanding about what the relationship is between him and Westbrook. Yeah. Um, if there's, mm-hmm. like you're saying, do we do we call him 35 or he's a traitor? You know. So we're gonna yeah. find out. They they announced him last night as an Oklahoma City player, <laughs> well, which I thought was pretty funny. Crazy. Yeah. You, you know the thing about it is, I as much as I disagree with the team that Kevin went to, I have no problem yeah. with him leaving. That's his decision. And uh, but I think it That's was a, I think it was a terrible decision to go to uh, the Warriors. I must say that I do respect the man. Yeah. 
I mean, he gave a million dollars. He gave a million dollars, Lauren, to the tornado relief here. Fifty-seven thousand. Yeah, school. Yeah, he gave fifty-seven thousand just the other month to December. Uh, yeah, December to schools here in Oklahoma City, and so um, I, I have to respect the person. Uh, it was a misguided decision. But uh, I, you know, I've I've been a KD fan since he was in Texas, so it's it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to dig yeah. in on him, you know. But but you know, yeah, it, I've been trying to get soft yeah, now, Mike. You know, I, but you've been you going know, on for years, man. Don't, man, don't give me that, man. I, don't you know, I've that. been a KD fan since he was in Texas, man. So I got, but I'm also a Russell fan too. So it's kind of they're two great per- people that I think that are in terrible situations. And, and uh, I think if he if, if, if given the if, if given the opportunity and if and if asked the question, I really do think that KD has a lot of love for OKC yeah. and for Oklahoma yeah, I mean, as a state. Not. You know, um, again, yeah. I agree, misguided decision, but yeah. I don't think it was done out of spite or hatred Absolutely. by any Absolutely. means. Absolutely. And you know, none of us will ever forget that MVP speech where he talks about his mom. That yeah. meant a lot to a yeah. lot of people. I mean, it, it broke me down. Man. You know, I you know, yeah. I had a little tear coming Man. from my you know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, any of us started mommy, when I heard mom. that, I yeah. mean, it, it uh-huh. hit like I got what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah, you can, yeah, you can say talk about uh-huh. mama, right? Because once we do that, yeah, yeah we need the Richard. Need, hey, Richard, get, get, get the Richard's got to pass the, the cable, right? Oh right, <laughs> right, right. So, talk a little bit about you know your, just some of your observations of forty five in his administration. Forty five. Yeah. So, you know, one thing I wanted to point out. Um, before I talk specifically about, you know, the administration, um, there's a phrase going around social media and a lot of people are saying it. And the phrase is not my president. He's mm-hmm. not my president. Mm-hmm. And I understand the pain um, behind that statement. I understand why people are saying it and the heart behind it. Um, but I think that that phrase is maybe potentially doing more damage um, and, it's, and it's not causing the effect that some hope. And, and I say that with caution um, and, and I don't judge anyone that says it. The reason I say this is that this nation needs to come to terms and really in our hearts reconcile the fact that millions of people voted for this man, voted for 45. And he won the Electoral College vote. I understand he lost the popular vote, and I do get that argument. However, we have the Electoral College system in place. He won the election. I'm not happy about it, personally. Um, But this nation needs to come to terms with the fact that he was elected. And we need to come to terms, I think, with the fact that while I don't think he is a legitimate president, while I, I, I do not think that he should have won the election, that he is in. And the only way we safeguard this nation um, from a future election result, as we just had in 2016, is that we have to first face that we put him in office. Mm. We have to face why he's in office. We have to face the fact that millions of people who could have voted, who said that they would vote for Ms. Clinton, didn't vote. They didn't come out to vote. Mm-hmm. Or they came out to vote and higher numbers than ever we saw no votes or, or write in answer. You know, it's common knowledge that Miss Clinton barely lost Florida by I believe I think it was some uh hundred and fifteen thousand votes. Mm-hmm. And my math could be a little off, but I believe it was some hundred and fifty thousand votes were just write ins, you know, from from Harambe to, uh, to Bernie, you know, all different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big problem. Um, and I think going forward, my, my view on this administration, um, they are playing to the people that elected them. And, you know, I think that from the get go, 
from even before he announced his, pre- his candidacy for the presidency of the United States, he was making very political comments on social media. And it wasn't until he won the party's nomination that I think the world, the majority of the media, the majority of journalists and activists really took him seriously. And that is to the country's detriment. Mm-hmm. Commenting, you know, Bernice King wrote a, uh, a beautiful article about 45. And she said, stop calling him orange. Stop commenting on his orangeness. You know, when he was an entertainer before, you know, when we weren't taking him seriously, we could hold him in the court of public opinion in the colloquial court and in the populist court. Now he is a government official. We must talk about him as a government official, not as an entertainer and not as a public figure. We must hold him in the court of law and not talk about his hair and not talk about how orange he is. (laughs) <laughs> Let's talk about the rights he's threatening. Let's talk about the neglect of the Constitution. Let's talk about the agenda. Let's talk about the people surrounding him. You know, you mentioned his administration, and and by far, I mean, you have Stephen Miller, who's a senior advisor, who has a long history of, of uh, racism and committing racist acts while in high school and also in college. You have Sean Spicer, uh, you know, who people think is Melissa McCarthy's twin, um, right. And who's this hothead that goes out there and, yeah. and, and continues to to put down the press. And as Senator John McCain um, said the other day, that's how that's how dictators start. That's how mm-hmm. tyrants start. You know, they suppress the media. Yeah. And you see Sean Spicer doing that. You have Steve Bannon. He's a white nationalist. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, let's think about this. We have a white nationalist two feet from the desk in the Oval Office. Yeah. Who we very well know is drafting these executive orders. Mm-hmm. I mean, I and don't understand to to how like so many Americans will observe, you know, Holocaust Remembrance Day, will observe Martin Luther King Day. However, they're still comfortable voting for a man that has put a white nationalist two feet from the desk. Yeah. Kellyanne Conway, alternative facts, made up <laughs> terrorist attacks. Alternative facts. <laughs> this is. When we have a nation who hears the thing, alternative facts, mm-hmm. and the bigger thing here, too, is, is, is the media, that there's this attack against the media and journalism from the Trump or excuse me, the 45 administration. Mm-hmm. That's a hey, matter of fact. five bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we got a little <laughs> tip jar going because I slip every once in a while. So we got to drop some in the tip jar. <laughs> five bucks each time. So, I so, caught yeah, it. Man. I caught it. Right. Yeah. 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 So you got to send in some. But go ahead. <laughs> So you have a uh, you have you have um, this administration mm-hmm. saying these alternative facts and these things like talking about fake <laughs> fake massacres and and these facts of three million illegals voted, which just is not true. However, yeah. again, they're playing to the people they elect that elected him, and that's what I was talking about at the beginning of my answer. These a lot of people who voted for Trump, forty five. I got another dollar. Right. <laughs> voted for forty five. They're getting news from sources like Breitbart, which yeah, we know Steve yeah. Bannon started. Mm-hmm. They're getting they're getting their news from you know Infowars, mm-hmm. which these magazines, these news sources cater to forty five. Yeah, they spew the same agenda. It's this out this alt right agenda, mm-hmm. and so when we look at his administration, we need to call it for what it is and hold it in the court of law. We need to hold it <clears throat> to the standard of truth and facts, and what we're finally seeing is cracks in this administration from a public policy point of view. Mm-hmm. They lost in court in 45, you know, fire Sally Yates, which need, who needs 
the utmost praise from every citizen in this yeah. country for yeah. not defending the Muslim ban, because that's exactly what it was, the Muslim ban. Absolutely. Um, we're seeing, you know, while Jeff Sessions was confirmed, we're seeing a public outcry of it. Yeah. <clears throat> Betsy DeVos, a public outcry. Mm-hmm. We're seeing Kellyanne and Conway being barred from shows mm. because they won't put up with the fact, mm-hmm. like the false facts that she's presenting. We're seeing Jake Tapper on CNN, you know, just drill Stephen Miller and some of these other talk shows holding them to the truth and they're cracking Mm -hmm. and people are seeing this administration for what it is, which is really what I see is the outright draped in the veil of, you know, to be honest, draped in the veil of a flag and in the name of, 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 you know, the patriotic American that just wants to make America great again. Mm -hmm. And we all know make America great again. Isn't really what they're saying. Mm Mm-hmm. Make America a lot of it's make America white, straight, you know, and Christian again. Absolutely, and that doesn't define nearly half mm-hmm. of America. Yeah, three, three quarters of America. I mean, again, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, man, I, you know, we could go on and on. And, and what what I'm gonna request from you is that, you know, we're we're close to the end of the show, but I want to continue this conversation on our Patreon account. So if you can just kind of uh, hang on there with us, Lauren. Absolutely. We, we want to go into um, uh, some other things because I, I think I really want to talk about, you know, how we can get young people involved, what advice you would give mm-hmm. to them. Talk a little bit about the apathy that happened in the voting system. So, folks, for our Patreon customers, we're going to continue this conversation. DT, I don't know about you, man, but this is, uh, you know, this is A++++. I mean, first of all, she's <laughs> been, she's been, um, She's been kind of, of token by one of our, our favorite guests yes. on the show, Jamie. <clears throat> so the credibility is high. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not like we were expecting somebody to come in here and just just give us nothing for <laughs> right. 30, 45 minutes, you know? This lady is solidified. <laughs> right. She's qualified. She's certified. Right, right, right. right. I mean, and then, you know, you talked earlier about, you know, age being nothing but a number. Lauren, I am really impressed with the way that you've you've been able to see things. Um, you oh, know, even you. being a collegiate student, there are a lot of things that are tugging your mind different places and trying to understand everything that's happening around you. <clears throat> but you're doing a great job of keeping things in context, keeping things balanced, keeping things in perspective. Your mother did a great job in um, kind of molding you to be paying attention to your privilege and things that uh, may arise as you go forward. But man, I like you, Mike, I, I could not be more pleased with the way that Lauren has... Um, has presented herself today on the show, and I thank you a lot for being here with us today. Absolutely, we're gonna. We're thank, gonna you, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And and that's great. We're gonna we're gonna play our theme music going out, but but Lauren, you hang on, hang in there, and we're gonna go ahead and uh, continue this conversation on Patreon because I'm telling you. And we about to get down on Patreon at the after party. Yeah, Mike about so, to act a fool, so, pretty so much. We, oh, oh, I'm, I'm definitely going to act a fool with Lawrence. So you, you stand by, folks, because as always, history will speak of us. Somewhere in the distant future, a scribe will reach down deep into the archives of our time. And what will she find? Will she discover that we overcame our differences? Will she find that out of many, we became one? Or will she find that we solved nothing? And remain a divided peoples. Yes, history will speak of us. You 
can change the world, it's your choice, your choice. We can make a difference if we try We can be the change that's in our lives All we gotta do is work together We gotta raise our children better We gotta stop the hate, stop the hate And spread the love One mic, one voice you can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice Today's broadcast is being brought to you by Blacken Studios. To learn more about Blacken Studios, please visit them at blackenstudios.com or visit them on their Facebook page, Blacken Studios. Today's broadcast is also being brought to you by Perry Publishing and Broadcasting. To learn more about Perry Publishing and Broadcasting, please visit their website at perrypublishingandbroadcasting.net. The opinions of the One Mic, One Voice show do not reflect the views of Blacken Studios or Perry Publishing and Broadcasting. Thank you for downloading the One Mic, One Voice show.